0: An analysis from Duke Health is now offering definitive evidence for heart attack patients or those who have had procedures to clear blockages that cardiac rehab saves lives and keeps people out of the hospital regardless of their age, their sex, or their race. And joining us now is the lead author of the study, Brian Dusha, who is an exercise physiologist at Duke University. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on, Jeff. No problem at all. Thank you for joining us here today. It was interesting looking over uh, some notes from the study because uh, there were some interesting things that stood out. Among those, you say that previous studies about the impact of cardiac rehab had limitations that skewed their findings. How were the previous studies flawed? Yeah, so well, flawed
1: is probably a strong word. I'd probably say the design uh, have, limit, have limited their interpretation uh, that being said, I think your question is a good one, and uh, I'll probably speak to uh, a, a few fronts regarding that. So first, you have to understand that there have been many studies before us that have looked at outcomes in uh, coronary artery disease population or across various time points, but they fail to account for who did or didn't go to cardiac rehab. So, they can report things like uh, people with diabetes have more hospitalizations after six months after a heart attack than those about diabetes. And that may be true, but they don't account for the benefit of uh, cardiac rehab. They could probably rescue a lot of those people from uh, readmission. Uh, second, people tend to look at uh, meta-analysis studies or review papers to determine the efficacy of cardiac rehab. And uh, the flaw there is that these are composites of several combined heterogeneous studies. What I mean by that is uh, they're composed of several different mixed populations, such as people that may have had only a heart attack, or maybe just elderly people, or you know the, the study population where people that only had health insurance through Medicare, or maybe people that only had bypass surgery. Um, they also maybe looked at it different time points, anywhere from acutely six months up to even eight or nine years for outcomes. The uh, the inclusion criteria across different populations that are combined are often very different. And I think the implementation of uh, a cardiac rehab program at different centers may be subtly different that could uh, affect things. So, um, you know, also not all studies have important information. For example, maybe, you know, you may be trying to combine 10 studies and only seven of them report whether or not people were obese or not. Mm -hmm. So I think all all those points are very important interpretation, um, which brings me actually to point three, which, you know, very few studies account for factors that we know impact outcomes. Um, You know, and as you mentioned at the start of the show, things like sex, age, race are very, very important. Uh, the comorbidities and risk factors, so hypertension and obesity and smoking and cholesterol are all very important. Uh, the type of event somebody had, uh, whether they had just an angioplasty or whether they had bypass surgery, I think all all of these things need to be controlled for when you're trying to make interpretations of whether or not uh, cardiac rehab uh, works or not.
0: Now there were, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I think, and, and last of all, you know, probably the very very few, if any, studies look at is. It's probably unfair to include people in these analyses if they can't actually go to cardiac rehab. And what I mean by that is, you know, a, lot of, you know, a database can be mine, but some of these people may have been discharged from the hospital to long-term care, rehab facility, or the hospice, or you know, they have orthopedic problems that limits their ability to exercise and they can't go to cardiac rehab. So those probably also, those people should not be included in the analysis. And we, you know, we weeded all those, all those people out in our analysis.
0: I was wondering how you conducted the study with several thousand health records. Study that had to be quite extensive and pretty difficult.
1: Yep. Uh, another good question. So, so we selected the patients uh, at hospital discharge based on their diagnostic codes that made them eligible for cardiac rehab. You know, Medi- so both private insurance and and a Medicare. If you have you know X Y Z diagnosis, then you're eligible to go to cardiac rehab. So. You know, that was the first line, and then uh, all of these patients uh, at bedside while they're still in the hospital at Duke are offered cardiac rehab, and then from this group, we then could determine uh, who did and did not go uh, to cardiac rehab. Um, We took this approach because we felt uh, our randomization approach was unethical uh, because cardiac rehab is a class-one indication for someone has a uh, has had a coronary event, so we did not randomize them. We feel everyone at least, should have the opportunity to go to cardiac rehab. And I think it's been manually reviewed every single patient chart for correct data, uh, such as comorbidities. So now, historically, large databases have been created to mine outcomes by software programs that can just very easily uh, pull data queries. And you know, I would agree that this is easier and faster to generate the data, but what we have found, when you kind of double-check that, is there are multiple errors, such actually who is or who isn't smoking uh, at the time of discharge, or you know, whether or not the diabetic or not, or whether or not they fit the definition of obesity. So, it, it was painstaking and, and it took a lot of time, but once, you know, we identified the, the people in the study, when we went through each individual chart for each individual piece of data and manually entered it.
0: It's very interesting to read the results of this. What type of cardiac rehab did the patients who participated in the study actually do?
1: Yeah, so we've, we got a, a very traditional but yet very comprehensive program, um, you know, dictated uh, by an initial evaluation from our cardiac uh, rehab staff. And, you know, it's got the components of uh, exercise, training, education, emotional support, diet counseling. Uh, you know, we discuss medicines they're taking and, their, you know, their own personal goal setting based on their own official situation and, and risk factors. You know, all this, you know, you know, the end goal, being to reduce somebody's risk factors and help the patient, uh, A, understand their disease and tell them help them take care of themselves moving forward once they graduate from cardiac rehab. Um, you know, I think a misconception is that one has to participate in many cardiac rehab sessions to gain a benefit. Uh, you know, you must realize that, you know, potentially the first two, one or two may be the most beneficial because, you know, before you even start exercising, what we do is we, we sit down with the patient and, you know, oftentimes we discover, you know, prescription medicine is consistencies or discrepancies. We help them, you know, with wound care, you know, if they had bypass. We help them with follow-up appointments. We answer any of their questions they have they don't understand. Um, you know, it really helps them better take care of them themselves. And the more sessions a patient attends, uh, more of the exercise becomes beneficiary. Uh, you know, based on our study, every session equated to about a 2% reduction in either hospitalization or death. And, you know, 2% may not sound like a big deal, but the, I agree with that over multiple sessions is a big deal. Um, you know, usually in insurance will cover uh, up to 36 sessions, up to 180 days. So if you think about, you know, if someone goes 10 sessions, that's a 20% reduction. If someone goes, you know, 20 out of the 36, that's a that's a 40% reduction. So to answer your original question, a traditional program uh, initially we focus on, you know, the patient's needs and immediate goals, and then we move them into more of an exercise-centric uh, program so they can take care of themselves, manage their risk exercise on their own and manage their
0: risk factors and understand their medicines. Brian Dusha is a physiologist from Duke University. Brian, thank you so much for telling us about this story. And we'll talk again at some point here in 2024. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jeff.